All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever I Am Local Lodge 778 podcast. I'm really looking forward to bringing the voice of the union leadership to its members on a larger platform. Uh, I want to hit a couple of points uh, before we get to the first interview. First off, guys, we are the union. I hear people talk all the time saying the union this, union that. I want people to know that we are the union. The people working right next to you every day, your brothers and sisters, to your left, to your right, the guys you, the people you work with every day. So please get involved. That's the only way things change. That's how you set all the. That's how you get all the benefits a union can provide. How much you get involved is up to you. Maybe you want to get into leadership, and that is available to you. The union sends members to training at the W3 Center. Has training just for that. You can get on uh, committees with the union and help that way. We have several committees that need help. Or you can just come to a meeting and be informed. And that's that's how you're going to get a strong union, by the members being involved. That's um, We will have synopsis of the monthly meetings. However, not all of the information will be given out on this podcast. That's just info that we don't need being put out in public. Uh, hopefully you can understand that. If you have questions, you can get with your stewards or your committeemen. All right, so guys, if you have questions, if you have ideas about podcast episodes, things that you would like to see covered, please, please email them to this podcast. Our email address is podcast at lodge778.org. So with all that said, let's get started. On this episode, I sit down and talk with Directing Business Rep Scott Brown. We just we will discuss uh, the, differences, the differences between a union and a non-union shop, your wine garden rights, as well as some info just personally about him. So let's get to it. Here's your DBR, Scott Brown. All right, everybody, welcome to the first episode. I'm here with Directing Business Rep Scott Brown. Scott, welcome, and thank you for taking the time out to answer these questions. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, so just to kind of give everybody a little background on you, how did you go about getting into the union? What brought you to the union? Yeah, so I was hired into the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant as a temporary worker in 2005. In January of 2006, the company hired me full-time. From the time I hired on, every year out there was a record profit year and production goals were met year after year. It was a good time to be working there. If you think back, our nation was still fighting the war on terror. At the same time, we were rebuilding our nation's stockpile of ammunition. Uh, the, business, the business was good, um, and the employee headcount was high. Yet, each year, some level of benefit was reduced or eliminated. It could be something minor, like the lunch catering service going away, which wasn't free to begin with, or even larger benefits like insurance provider um, carrier changes or minuscule wage increases. Altogether, there was a period where we went about four years without any wage increases, and this was during these record profit years. So, myself, like many, we were looking at other job opportunities. I didn't know what, but I had decided that it was not the same place that my grandfather and other relatives retired from. Uh, but you had a lot of friends there, so it was hard to make that decision. To fast forward quite a bit, when I caught wind that the IEM Local Lodge 778 was attempting to organize our shop, I quickly wanted to learn more and jumped in with both feet. Uh, that's when I met now-retired DBR Joe Capra and business rep Leo Barrow-Turan, among any, many other staff members. 
and members, um, all who were assisting our organizing effort. So in the beginning, um, I and many other co-workers were all just doing everything we could do to get cards signed to get to that election. At the same time, I was trying to learn as much as I could about the local and the organization as a whole. If you fast forward again several months, we win that election. I ended up elected to our first contract negotiation committee, along with six others, and upon the conclusion of obtaining our first contract, was elected as a shop chairman for our grievance committee. It was around 2016 that the local pulled me out of the shop on lost time to service our contract. I was learning everything I could from Joe and Leo and was attending several classes at our very own W3 Center, uh, which might be a subject for another day. I was mentored by Joe quite a bit. At the same time, our territory office also had me servicing and mentoring with current Grand Lodge representative Shannon Stucker for about a year. And it was around 2017 that the local decided to add a full-time business rep to the staff. To the, to the staff. Um, so I was appointed in 2017, and then I was re-elected as business rep in 2020. Um, which brings us up to last year. So upon Joe Capra retiring as DBR, um, who had, I don't know, 20, 22, 23 years of service at the time, um, he retired in April of 2022. The executive board then selected me as the DBR. All right. Uh, so what? So directing business reps. So there are business reps and there's a directing business rep. So what does a directing business representative do? What is your job on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, the responsibilities of the directing business rep essentially is responsible for the day-to-day administration of the local from top to bottom. Um, as well as overseeing all of the contracts. So um, all the business reps, including myself, we have certain contracts that are assigned to us that we service on a daily basis. If those reps um, need assistance or need help, then it's my responsibility to help them get through any issues that they may have. Um, Ultimately, I'm responsible for making sure that the servicing, the organizing, anything in between Um, gets done and that we're doing all those at the best level we can and I try to tell this group often um, Landon Miner, Kevin Watkinson, both of those business agents that um, they somewhat make it easy because you don't have to worry about what they're doing and they know they know how to service properly and they know what to bring up and and when we need to put our heads together which is quite a bit to be honest I mean there's a ton of communication with the staff up there And then, um, again, with April Major being the ST, you know, she came on in February. So um, we all just work together. I mean, the face of this local is is pretty new. But you're still the business rep for Lake City as well, aren't you? So we're all elected as business representatives, and the executive board decides who the director's going to be. Um, I still service both of the contracts out at Lake City. Um, and that's that's one of the duties that the, that the director does have too is to to make those servicing assignments. So, um, you know, again, I go back to Joe Capra. Before he left, he did a real good job of getting the shops divided up, sort of into sectors, if you will, and um, getting the contracts with the right people and um, with the right representatives. And it's been good ever since. All right, so. There are union shops and there are non-union shops. What's 
What's the benefit of having a union shop over a non-union shop? So, so I mean, I guess the biggest difference between a union shop and a non-union shop is the union shop has representation. They have a contract in place um, that guarantees things like wages, seniority, um, health care, um, matters of safety, holidays, vacation, um, pensions, everything that you can think of um, is negotiated between the union and the company um, and goes into that contract. It's a legally enforceable document and both parties have to adhere to it for the terms um, that are put in place. Non-union shops don't have that. You, you are an at-will employee. So essentially the company can terminate your employment at any time for any reason or without reason and you have no recourse as long as they haven't discriminated against you um, for a federally protected status. Um, there is no recourse outside of that. Um, that would be the biggest difference. So, you know, the union shop, you have a grievance procedure where you can challenge those decisions if the company's not upholding the, their end of the contract. In cases of discipline, um, if they haven't met the burden of just cause, um, you have an avenue to challenge that, and we challenge that and are successful on a daily, weekly basis. Absolutely, yeah. And I know I, I hear some people say, well, I've never been in trouble. I don't have problems. I'm a good worker. I'm here every day. I do my job. So why do I need a union? But I, I know that it's fine one day and it's not the next. Uh, going from Obviously, we worked together at Lake City, and I saw the same things you saw, uh, the no wage increases, stuff like that. Uh, and it, you can have one boss that you get along with great, and then next time you get a boss that, that you don't get along with at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we see that a lot where we have people that that think, I, I'm a great worker, I don't have a problem. But then next thing you know, they get a boss that doesn't like them for whatever reason, and they're in trouble. And I'm assuming we see that a lot. Yeah, uh, you certainly do. And, you know, a lot of times over-discipline is a big thing as well. So you can have cases where maybe the employee did make a mistake or something, and the solution is not to cut their head off, but that was the solution that was taken. Um, so, you know, again, back to that just cause standard, I mean, part of that is the punishment fitting the crime. And um, you don't overreact to situations. I mean, that employee is owed a fair investigation. Uh, well, an investigation for one, and a fair investigation for two, and um, it's our job to make sure that um, their rights are protected. Um, when you start looking at language, so uh, you can be that person that's never been in trouble. I can't tell you how many grievances we've had where the person terminated or maybe even written up, um, it's the first time they've ever been in trouble, and they've worked there 15, 20 years, sometimes more, and here they are finding themselves in that situation. So, um, but, but to the language point, so I'll leave the shop unnamed, but um, to give an example, we had a shop recently that sent a notice out to the employees that they were changing their PTO accrual amounts for the year, and they were reducing them. And to make, the, make a long story short, they had put a notice out to um, part of the facility where um, they they even stated that it did not violate their collective bargaining agreement, which it did. Um, it took about two weeks and a few meetings with the company, several conversations, but 
Um, at the end of the day, there was no denying that they were violating that contract and had um, we not had the foresight or had the stewards not had the foresight and the members to uh, pick up the phone and let us know, uh, we wouldn't have been able to stop that. But it was prevented. And with that, every single person in that shop um, had their vacation protected. And that's just one of many examples. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that happens a lot. Uh, and that's that's the other thing, too, is that, I mean, I can't say it enough, is that people don't understand that we have to be our brother's keeper. I mean, we're there to help each other. We're there for each other. Absolutely. Uh, these these people that you work with left and right every day, your brothers and sisters, that's why we call them brothers and sisters, because you're right there with them at least eight hours a day, sometimes 10, 12 hours a day. You're there on weekends with them, and these are the people you work with. This is your work family, so your brothers and sisters. So, um, and it's the only way we're going to get stuff changed is to is for us to stand together, and and that's the only way you're going to make a change is to stand together and make changes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And we constantly preach that, you know, trying to get members involved or are active in their union. I mean, paying dues is the is the least minimal way you can be a part of your union. Um, coming to a meeting once in a while, uh, hopefully all the time. But if you can make a few meetings a year to at least know what's um, some of the things going on or see some of the committees that are involved, um, and who knows, you may find something that you want to be a part of and be active with. Right. Okay, so uh, there are these things we have called wine garden rights. Um, What are they and why are they beneficial to a union employee? So essentially, wine garden rights are um, every union employee's right to representation. So I guess to put it in simplest terms, um, there's federal and state laws that state that you have the right to union representation when you're called in for a disciplinary interview. Um, However, you must have a reasonable belief that you will be disciplined as a result of that interview. Well, if you stop and think about that for a minute, uh, it's, it's not very often that a manager or a supervisor or a foreman um, talks to you about something that's not going to lead to that. Very seldom is the conversation just, you know, how, how are you doing or how was the weekend or something like that. If they're asking work-related questions, um, more than likely that's an investigation and you would have the reasonable belief that you could be disciplined. And at that point, you should um, absolutely 100% every time be requesting a union rep to be present. Um, you have a right to know what the meeting is about. Um, you also have a right to consult with your union rep before the meeting begins. So again, that, that conversation that started out harmless, um, as soon as you start thinking or feeling like this is leading down a path that you're not comfortable with and you request that rep, that rep has the right to come in and say, what is this meeting about? Um, and talk to you privately before the meeting begins. Um, and again, this is one of those where, you know, you'll see time and time again where somebody doesn't request representation and the next thing you know, we're, we're filing a grievance over a discipline or termination and the company's got their statements and we just have the individuals and, you know, you ask them, well, how come you didn't request a rep? Well, I, I didn't know that I needed one. Well, you need one every time. I'd, I'd much rather a member request one and not need one than not request one and need one the whole time. Right, and that's that's why you pay your, that's part of paying union dues. You're paying for representation. 
and people need to take advantage of that. 100%. Okay. All right, so as far as Local 778, who all do we represent and in what region? So 778 is certainly a unique local in terms of our membership and the diversity of shops we represent. Um, We've seen several mergers throughout the year uh, with other locals and even districts that have merged as membership um, reduced in those areas. Originally, uh, 778 was chartered as an automotive lodge, but we now have a large variety of private sector shops and manufacturing, um, service contracts, SCA, um, at Whiteman Air Force Base and Knob Noster. Uh, we have a few public sector municipalities um, where we represent the public works, water, sewer, and fleet maintenance members with the city of Lee Summit and Blue Springs, um, as well as automotive mechanics, including our diesel mechanic shops. A lot of these shops are throughout the Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas and surrounding areas, and they also go as far south as Webb City and Joplin for our brothers and sisters that work at WebCorp. And uh, there's even a UPS barn in Joplin that we represent. Uh, We have several UPS barns scattered across this side of the state, including Chillicothe, Higginsville, Sedalia, St. Joe, um, both sides of Kansas City. Um, Further into Kansas, you have Topeka Foundry and Ironworks, SPX Cooling Technologies in Olathe. We have Bob Allen Ford and Morse Chevrolet in Overland Park and Shawnee Mission Ford. Um, This is just to name a few. Uh, The largest shop in this local, in terms of members, is Honeywell FMN&T, which is closing in on about 2,000 members. And then some of our smallest shops would be um, a one-man shop of of Belger, as well as a lone mechanic at um, Greyhound Lines. Uh, We have two contracts at the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant, one with Northrop Grumman, Um, They manufacture 20-millimeter munitions. And then the larger contractor, Olin Winchester, who manufactures small arms of 5.56, 7.62, and 50-cal ammunition, as well as links. Um, And then we also represent the members that maintain that facility. Perfect. Okay, so hopefully we're reaching a lot of members here. So if you could say one thing to the membership out of everybody in our whole local that you would want them to know, what would that be? I think I would just let them know and reinforce to them that if you want dignity, respect, and consistency in your shop, if you want an equal playing field, um, if you want to say in your working conditions, then you need to stay involved with your union, and you need to look for um, a union job if you're not in one. Uh, One simple fact will always remain, and that's without a union contract, every single benefit that you have can be pulled out from under you at any given time, and a lot of us have lived that. Uh, at least with a union contract, you have guarantees and wages, seniority, um, seniority structures, health care, pensions, 401ks, your vacations, the list goes on. Um, if and when any of those uh, guarantees become jeopardized, you have the means to protect it, and that's through your union contract. Perfect. All right, well, Scott, I appreciate your time. If you have questions for anybody in union leadership, uh, if you have ideas for podcast episodes, uh, please email them to podcast at 778.org. All right, thank you, Scott. Thank you.